Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Peace, family. About to go ahead and get to another episode of 19 Keys. This time I'm going to be recording this podcast while going live at the same time. So bear with me if you hear me ask questions or answer questions that come from the audience. This is coming direct from my IG, but I'm making this intentional for the podcast. But I wanted to go over some things about updating your mind, reprogramming versus words, which is a concept that I come up with. The change in my language is dynamic to helping me update my mindset consistently, which is what this is about to be about. So I appreciate you all being patient. Cause we're about to get started and I'm about to let the people pour in first. Thank you for tuning in. All right, all right, all right, all right. Say prepare for the cold weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peace, family. Peace, peace, peace. Hope everybody is tapped in. I hope everybody's tuned in. I hope everybody got the energy ready for tonight, um, you know, and for the rest of your life, because that's what it's all about, making sure that the energy never dies, never dissipates, and is always in transference and in alignment with goal setting, opportunity, and reality, you know, uh, because that's what it's all about. So listen, I had something that I want to do with y'all, which was something that I created that I do for myself, and it's a thing that I call versus words. You know, we have to be in a constant state of looking at ourselves and in a constant state of, if you don't want to look at it as change, look at it as in a constant state of updating your life, updating yourself, right? All of us are currently, you know, in a particular place. And I have to ask myself, my current self versus my future self, my current self versus my more successful self, um, he has to be doing some things that I'm not doing currently. And so I'm always looking at it like, okay, what are those things that he's willing to do that I have not yet come accustomed to, you know, and it doesn't just come by, you you know, having the, the thought, but the question does arise the correct thought. So what ended up happening is, is I'm always trying to figure out how do I update myself? Now, if you're looking at the current model of something, you're talking about that everything that it already has. If you buy a computer as is, then every default programming on the computer is all that you use or can use. But if there are some particular things that you want that computer to do, then you have to update the programming, update the software, update the code on that computer. And so I like to call it our mind tops. You know, our mind tops are the same way. So in this update... You have a new goal. You have a new operation that you want to be a part of. So we have this like ask ourselves, what does that update look like? My current self versus my future more updated self. Now, for some people, an update can be a very small tweak because small tweaks are usually have big changes. Right. Meaning the difference between success and failure, the difference between an inverted crash and an accident is usually just a small one meter shift. Right. So when a person is about to crash, what can stop a crash on a car or an accident is that a person averts that with a one millimeter just turn and that's all they needed or a one millimeter stop and that's all they needed. So, right, that means that they crashed, that was the failure or they could have adverted it with the correct confidence and they could have been successful. So these small shifts play big roles in our success or our crashes within life. And a lot of us right now don't need the biggest major change within life. Sometimes we just need a small change, right? So a small change can look like the difference between changing your diet or your living. It can be the small difference of changing where you work, changing the environment of where you get work done. It can be not even getting rid of all friends, but adding one more person within your life. The small changes can be very small from let me not take a hot shower in the morning. Let me take a cold shower to change like my physique to where it rewires your system. Like there's very small like biohacks that you can do that changes your physiology, right? Because a lot of us have, you know, that we do affirmations. Affirmations are cool, but they're not enough. 
Everything has to be updated. Our rituals have to be updated. Why? Because our distractions have been updated. Our distractions are more complex than ever. So here's the thing. We live in a world where ever-changing distractions are always taking place, right? So the new distractions of 2019 were once... Um, well, yeah, 2019, you have phone, you have entertainment, you have media. Now the news is a distraction when the news used to be, uh, in a, a place where you can become informed. Um, the president is now the distraction where the president was once a place where you become informed by the state of the union and you get addressed by issues within your reality. The distractions have updated where you might be paying attention to something that used to be uh, a part of the attraction process of your dream now is detracting you and taking you away. So the affirmations have to be updated. It's not as simple enough to say something and believe it. You have to create a system of belief. You have to create a, a working method. You have to create an incantation over your life. To where you're not just saying the words, but it has to have some metaphysical, it has to have some, you know, metabolic, like, things that coincide with it. So, let's say you get a new goal in life, right? Let's say that uh, you want to start making more money. So, you say, I want to start making more money. So, cool, I'm working out in the gym. Let me go up another level in the gym. So, you're attaching a physical change, you know what I mean, with a non-physical change as well, Right? So that means that you are in sync in body and mind. You're creating different rituals that get to attach so that you have a better system of believing yourself. Belief is attached to a feeling, right? But when you attach that feeling to the physical capability of self, then you start to believe yourself even more. Now, I'm going to put this up here. I'm not sure if you all can see this, um, but I can see it. So what I like to do is I, I like updating my language. It's always updating my language and updating my mind. When I update my mind and I'm looking at updating my mind, of course, that means I have to add new words in. Then I have to get new pieces of information. I'm always looking at myself like, yo, cool, throw that new word in there. Throw that new knowledge in there. You're getting your updates. You're constantly updating yourself because I have new goals to do things that I haven't obtained yet, which means my current rituals are not enough to get me the obtained success that I've never, ever had. So how can I think that my current mind is enough when I'm trying to do something new? So that means that I have to create new new rituals. I have to take my current self, you know what I mean? And I have to say, I need you to do what's necessary for me to get what I want. Because obviously what I was able to accomplish is only based off this current model of thinking that I have. So what does your current model of thinking look like? First, you can start to look at your likes, your dislikes, right? In a paradigm, there's certain things that a person can't change about themselves. Certain immutable facts. Now, you know, we live in 2019, so people go and get surgery for different things that weren't supposed to be changeable at first. It used to be tweaks in personality and, and character. You know what I mean? But like your sense of smell, perhaps. You know, the way you see colors. Those are not things that you can change. But everything else, you know what I mean? Like your, 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 your tone of your voice. You know what I mean? Like those are things, whether you fluctuate or not, those are things that's real, right? But there's other things that you can make changes on as far as who you are. You know what I mean? You can always change the way you think. You know what I mean? You can always change the way you perceive things. You can always change your habits. You know what I mean? You can change what you like. You can change what you dislike. But you have to first know the root of your habits and things of that nature. So for one, what person likes and dislikes doesn't matter much, right? Because... What you like and dislike is more so a collection of thoughts that you got from parents, upbringing, environment, childhood, right? Things that you observed, you took on. Your perceptions, beliefs, that doesn't matter much because all of those things can change, right? But you have to ask yourself and you have to do this honest due diligence of self saying that, okay, my current model of thinking, is it enough to get me to that point where I want to be, right? So let's say I want to run me a 5K mile. I look at my current physical state saying, is it enough to get me to that goal? And if it's not, then guess what? I have to update myself. I have to go through the repetitious consistency of training my body and getting it in tune. Because my mind may think it's possible, but the potential of possibility is not enough for the accomplishment of what's possible. So that means that I have to produce an update on myself. And we have to be in this constant state of tweaking and updating ourselves. You understand me? So 
look, I'm about to get to these versus words in a second, but it's always about what is my update rather than what's my change because people fight change just because the word has this connotation that the mind doesn't want to change its character. The mind doesn't want to really change its state of who you are. So people fight change all the time when they hear the word change. It's a subconscious thing. So we're going to use the word update. We're going to use the word, you know, whatever word that you come up with, reprogramming, you know, whatever it is, these are words that's easier for your mind to believe. And it's not until your mind take it as a core belief, which is not even, you know, which has to be steeped in pure logic and reasoning so that you can take it as a core truth. But there's ways of changing your truths, right? There's ways of, you know, getting you to believe yourself. So um, when I want to believe myself and I want to believe that, yo, I can be, you know, super strong. My, my, my body can have 10 times more energy than I woke up with today. I can have my enthusiasm on a thousand. I can really get to this goal that I set for myself in this timeline that I set for myself, right? So cool. Boom. I'm changing my update. I say, look, all right, go to the gym every day. I go to the gym every day. Now I believe myself. Like, okay, you dedicated yourself to this thing. Now that you believe yourself, it's no longer that you're trying to force yourself to believe it. Your body and your mind are now currently in tune. So now your body like, cool, I'm going to make this easier for you, right? I'm going to make this easy for you because I believe you now that you're going to get there. So all we're going to do is start working together. You're making these small little updates on yourself. I always tell people it only takes one day to break a habit, one day to start a new habit, and that's the day you start. It only takes one day. And it's the day you start and it's the day you don't quit. The day you start and the day you don't quit. That's how it does to create a habit. So if you start today, I don't care if you ate meat last in the last hour. If you say it right now, like people think that the start of a new time or the start of a new day starts at 12 o'clock. It's the weirdest concept because we construct our lives around a 1260 frequency, meaning 12 months, 60 seconds, 60 minute increments, all of these different things. But the moment is always the opportunity, right? So even if I ate meat an hour ago and I said that, yo, I'm a vegan now, it's all based off of my next choices, not my past choices, right? So it's your next choices versus your past choices, right? Because a person has the ability to update themselves in the second, in the moment, in the present, not, oh, I have to wait for my update in the future, Right. So if you said to yourself, I'm now the person that makes better financial decisions. I'm now a person that improved my financial literacy. I am now a person that saves money, invests money, uh, obtain assets and also create value for the people around me. I am a person that is more consciously in tune with self. I'm a person that meditate. It's all going to be that truth is going to be predicated on what you do next to back that up. Right. Because it will become a belief if it is backed up by action. Right. So if you back it up by the physical action and the mental action, then you believe yourself. So you get to change your truth. Right. But your current truth is your current model. So, of course, if you go by what your current standard of doing things is, you won't believe yourself. You're going to be like, yeah, I heard what you said, but I, I, I felt I see what you do. So we always have the moment to change our truth. So let me get into some of these verses words. Because I think this is like something that you all can do over your life. This is like how sometimes I like I formulate keys is like one of my thinking patterns. So at the top, it says waiting versus patience. Most people don't know the difference between waiting versus patience. And the reason I'm doing this with the words is so that you know the correct words to use over your life so that you start to believe yourself more. Because a big issue that we have in reality is that we use these different uh, uh, words over our lives like love, like most people don't really know what love means, but we say we chase in love or success, but most people haven't correctly defined success. But we heard these monikers, we heard these words being used so much, we thought these are the words that we should be using, right? But sometimes you need to change your lexicon up to correctly identify and fit the structure of your current actions. So when it's time for you to update, then you change that language. You don't still have that same word fitting in that same polarity of energy that you encased in it because of your perception, your beliefs and things of that nature, right? So waiting versus patience. A lot of people are waiting and some people have patience. So you go into a waiting room, right? You go into a um, an ER room, right? You got to go see a doctor. You got, you got cut, you got shot or whatever it is. Now you're sitting in the room. You just walk right in there and you took a seat. You're waiting. You're just waiting. You're waiting. You're waiting. You're waiting, right? The doctor never comes. The nurse never comes. The person at the front never asks you a question. You're just sitting there bleeding the whole time. You're in the right space, 
but you're just waiting. Now, different step you took when you walked in. You walked in, you signed your, your name on the paper. I want to see the doctor for this. You know what I mean? Boom. Now you go sit down. Now you're waiting, but you have impatience because it's actually going to see the doctor later. But see, if you just go in there and you sit down, you're just waiting. But if you go in there and do the correct action, now you have impatience because something is about to be in production. Something's about to happen, right? So I qualify patience is when you do the correct action before you start to wait, right? And waiting is incorrect action where nothing is having a production. So it's like you're waiting for yourself to change, but you're not putting in the work. But if you're patient with yourself and you put in the right work, then you're having patience because you're working the process and it's actually going to produce, right? But a lot of people are waiting for themselves to change instead of being patient with the change that they start to produce. Because if I go day one in the gym and every day I'm going, I'm, I'm waiting for the results. I'm patient for the results because I'm going to produce something. But if I'm sitting at home, yeah, I mean, saying that, damn, I can't wait to get bigger. You feel me? I can't wait to get these get stronger and get muscles and feel better. I'm just waiting. But there's no production, right? So wait without proper work is just waiting, right? But waiting with the proper work, yeah, I mean, is patience. You plant the seed, right? And then, then something, you water the grass, right? Yeah, I mean, you do your due diligence. Now, you, you can have patience because something's going to grow. But... You want to grow a tree. You know what I mean? You don't plant the seed. You're just waiting. You're waiting for yourself to do the right steps. So write that down. Waiting versus patience. You have to know what updates in your life are you waiting for? Which ones are you actually patient for? Which ones have you done the due diligence, the operation that breeds production? And which ones are you waiting for the correct operation to breed production? So um, this next one, character versus intelligence. Uh, this, is, this is something that, um, for one... Um, I think all of us, it's personal to all of these are very personal, but this one, it was something that I formulated because I was just looking at the paradigm of celebrity and the current paradigm of leadership and the current paradigm shift of things that be going on. So I said, what's the difference between character and intelligence? How do you know if someone is sincere, if somebody's doing it because they have the set of intelligence? And this is how I'm qualifying that. If you see a celebrity, right? And... They're all of a sudden talking about veganism. They're talking about being woke. They're talking about social, political issues. They're putting it in their music. They're putting it in their TV shows. All of these different things, right? Now, are they doing it because they they truly believe like that's the right thing? That's the value that they should be giving to the world? Or are they doing it because the new status quo is to add additions of social politics because that's where the people are? And because certain individuals have raised the awareness of the people, now they want to consistently keep their audience, then they have to throw in keywords to attach to their audience. Otherwise, they lose capital, right? Because if the audience gets smarter, then the material has to get smarter. So a person has to ask themselves, am I doing this because it's part of my character or is it part of my intelligence now everybody in life has to do this as well so if you if you dealing with somebody right and you know it's the right thing for you to do to feel family or a friend to support them are you supporting them because all right if i support them then they're going to support me if i give this they're going to give me that's intelligence you know what i mean you you're using pure logic and reason you know you give you get back but if you're your character you're doing it because you know it's right Right. So grading something because it's right is different. You know what I'm talking about? So if you do something because, you know, that's the right thing to do, that's character. Right. So if, if, if and, and, and we all have to do that. Sometimes you got to change the truth. So you might start off doing it because it's your intelligence saying that I get this. I get his back. Right. But that don't mean you're doing it because you are a good person. If somebody gives to homeless people and they blast it out to this world, now it was a good thing to do, but they did it because intelligence. They know it, and people will look at them as philanthropic. They gonna be able to get this back, blah blah blah. Say, cool, that's intelligence. But a person does it where they really have like you can still blast it out. You can show the world whatever great things you want to do, but is it attached to really how you feel as a human being? Is it character or is it intelligence? And Honorable Miss Louis Farrakhan said that character without intelligence. Uh, or intelligence without character makes human beings devils. And I took that personal because I have to ask myself, I have a measure of intelligence. I have to make sure that my character is always aligned with, 
you know, my intelligence because they have to be married together because I have to take what's right and use an intelligent, righteous thought process to be able to produce what is based off my intelligence and my care. They got to be married together. Right. Because there's times where I had more intelligence than I had character in situations. You can manipulate situations. You can manipulate people in that matter. Right. So you do that. But then you get to ask yourself backwards. OK, now I have a balancing system asking myself, is this character or is it intelligence or is it both? Because it's really supposed to be both. Cool. Information versus knowledge. Um, I talked about this before uh, plenty of times. Information versus knowledge. Uh, give me one second, y'all. One second. go get my cup real quick my cup was running over I had to get some water so we back y'all see my new cup yeah 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 anyway um so information versus knowledge and uh this is something that's very important right now you know and look make sure y'all all have your notes see intelligence is letting me know i need to have these products in there while i'm talking <laughs> but look um and to, uh, information versus knowledge. So a lot of us are informed about things. Not everybody has knowledge, and and it's a big difference. Yeah, branding, branding, branding. I got everything on the crown. Uh. All right, look. So information versus knowledge. A lot of us have information, but we lack knowledge. And a lot of us think we know things, but we just informed on them. You know. So. It's like, I guess, you know, I can break this down in many different ways, but it's the difference between reading a book on um, on riding a bike or reading a book on going swimming, right? And it's a difference between a person who has actually jumped in the pool and who's actually swam and has the experience. Now, of course, you can read the book and then get the experience, but only one person has one person has information and the other person has knowledge, right? If I read the book about, if I go to school, the same thing in school, we get a lot of information. You read, a, you, you go to school and you become informed on business and business marketing, right? The other person takes four years of experience and they work a business, right? It's a difference. You won't learn uh, how to run a business by reading about running a business. You learn how to run a business by running a business, Right. But we live in a current generation that is so informed because instead of going through things, we Google things. Right. When there was a time where we had to go through things so that we it became self-knowledge because we know about it based off all our experiences. Right. And when you know about something based on your experience, then you can originate that knowledge and you can be able to teach it in a form that it will be conducive to somebody else learning experience so that they can do better than you. But when we learn, when we have this information age, which is what we're living in still, and everybody, all these children are so informed about things, they, they get tactics on how to do things, but it never, it never, see, when you spend time with knowledge and experience, it becomes wisdom and it cultivates, right? But spending time with information just leaves it as information. It is not until it's steeped in experience that your brain comes up with better ways to be able to do things. So, Getting information on uh, uh, reading a book about how to uh, ride a bike doesn't it's never going to make you a better bike rider. Right. You have to like your body has to feel that experience. You have to know the the balancing act of what that means. It can give you better information. So when you actually decide to get on the bike, it may ease or curve your learning process of being able to do it because you have all this information. But the one who has actually done it, that had steeped themselves in the experience, that's the one who has knowledge. Because everything, really, all knowledge is really self-knowledge, right? Because it's all based off the perceivers, the observers, the one who experiences itself. So I get to think about my experience with it and then I can teach it. But it's dangerous because we are an overly informed society. But we are not a super knowledgeable society. Right. And then information does not convert to wisdom. Only knowledge does. 
So I look at these three different steps. I have to ask myself, what am I informed about and what am I knowledgeable about, right? And the reason that I do this because when I teach others, I have to know when I'm just giving out information or it'd be like, no, I actually did that or I actually ran a business or I'd have been benefit or I actually cultivated these different steps within my life or I actually produce marketing and designing. Like all of those things that come from the knowledge of my experience, I can teach others. But the things that I've read upon, I am only relaying information, right? So I can give you information about things that I've read, you know what I mean? But it's different between giving you knowledge about the things that I've went through, I've experienced, that I've really learned, you know what I mean? Because those are the things that I can originate and make better upon, right? Because everybody, you know, a lot of people go to school and get information, you know, but not everybody takes what they learned and actually cultivated with an experience and be making genius, Right. And that's why we don't see a lot of genius because they, 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 they don't really have knowledge. They just have information. And a lot of time people don't even use half of the information. So it's useless. And then you forget it. Right. You, you forget the information, but you don't forget your experiences. Right. Because a person can ask me about something that I don't even realize that I am very, very knowledgeable about because I'm not always thinking about it. But it'd be like that's something I experience daily. You asking me about design or running a business or marketing or just steps to learning or like different habit breaking steps or planning events and organize. I don't call myself an organizer of these things. But when I think about my experience, I do have unconscious activity based off the things that I've done. So I get to go reverse engineer and be like, yo, let me tell you about what I've done. I can give you my knowledge, but the information can disappear like, damn, I forgot, bro. I don't even remember. I was reading about something like that, but uh-uh. So, you know, on certain subjects, we're more informed. On certain subjects, we're more knowledgeable. And I just want people to be, you know, cognitive about that because, you know, in a society where we're super over-informed, you have a lot of children who have a lot of information on a lot of things, and they seem intelligent because they can, you know, reason uh, with this information, but they're not very wise. So that's why you have a misguided generation who are seemingly gifted and intelligent, but they're not making very wise decisions because they're not guided by experience and knowledge. And that knowledge and experience matures over time and it makes you a better decision maker. You understand me? So without further ado, let's go to content versus content. Now, I like this one, you know, um, just because, you know, they sound the same content, content. But. Okay, so content, you know, is everything. And I know that this word now, we think about content, we're thinking about like just the stuff that we make for social media, you know, but content is, let me get, let me pull up the dictionary on this one, because I'm just going to give you my definition of it. But content is what we make. Let's just put it like that. It's the content of everything, everything that is made of. Right? So I always use the story uh, that Steve Jobs talked about when he talked about uh, Microsoft in his interview and he was he was talking to about them saying that it was a point where they let the content creators run the company and when the content creators were running the company the company was constantly producing better things they were constantly innovating constantly having dope products they were the leading innovators of the world they were great and then after they created all of this great innovation, the sales team came in and started selling it, right? They start selling it, making the companies millions, making the companies billions, right? So at some point, because the sales team were doing so much for the company that the sales team started running the company, those were the ones making the decisions for the company. It wasn't based off innovation and new technology and content. It was based off sales. Right. So eventually the innovation of Microsoft went down. Apple swooped in with better content creators. And then we see that the first trillion dollar company and Microsoft really never bounced back from that, to be honest. So how does that relate to life? Right. Because I get this question all the time. When people want to start businesses and you want to start something. They'd be like, yo, should I start creating content first? Or should I do this? And I always tell people that your process is your content. You know what I mean? Everything your business is made of is your content. So you never stop making content. But here's the thing. We become resume builders in life, meaning that we go get this job. You know, we go work this workshop. We go get this experience. We put all these things on our resume. We call, we start resume building, right? Boom. I'm resume building. Now what I want to do is now that I've added these skills, talents, experiences, whatever successes, let me go sell this to the world. I take my resume. I submit it to a job. I have an interview. It's a sales pitch for yourself. I want to sell myself for this job. 
right? So you sell yourself to this job, and a lot of people get stuck in these jobs for five years, 10 years, two years, three years, four years, five, because you're not adding any more content on yourself, so it means you're not really becoming any more valuable, right? And then you become content. So here's where the content comes, because we become content with the content that we've created, and then we begin to sell it, right? Instead of the content creator of our lives consistently being the one who runs our decision-making, we let the salesman in our lives uh, run that decision-making. Meaning that, okay, look, we go do this so that we can get paid this. You know what I mean? Not saying that, oh, let me read this book to become more valuable. Let me take this work. Let me do this networking. Let me do this goal. Let me complete this. Like, let me just keep becoming better and better and consistently updating myself and adding more content onto me of who I am as a human being. And at the same time, become a better salesman so that I'll, so you marry those two. You marry those two. It's content versus being content. So you don't become content with the content you created. You consistently become a content creator, right? And then you document that process of content creation, and then that's what you sell. Like, yeah, last month, that was my resume, but this month, I've done so much that I have a new resume. But some people don't update their resume in life to like one year, two year, three year, because they really haven't done nothing. You ask people all the time. I ask people this question, and I know you all answered this question before. Like, like yo, so what's been going on with you? And people be like, nothing. Because they're not producing any more content, right? And then what they end up doing is, you know, and the reason they have to say nothing is not that there's zero going on, is that they already told you about the content that they created in their life, right? Oh, I got this new job. You, I mean, you can't tell a person you got a new job every time you meet them. So instead, we say nothing because we're not creating any new content. We become content, right? No, I got the new job. That was a destination. I was happy with that. I'm not really tripping on what I should do next because I've completed a goal, Right? So we just stay there and become content. And eventually the, that, that content robs us of our enthusiasm to produce more content because we believe that we've done something or we get to points and destinations that are better than our expectations, right? So then we don't know how to think beyond our current level of content. Like, damn, this beat my expectations of what I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? And then it beats you up because you don't know what's next out of that. So we have to constantly be content curators and never become content. You know what I mean? Being content, it robs you as a human being to constantly curate and have that hunger and have that growth. Here's a difference, right? So like, here's a, here, here's a small measurement, right? So I talked about those 1% tweaks. 1% tweaks are very goddamn easy, right? So here's a 1% tweak. It's like, yo, like, I'm talking like this. I'm slumped over. Like, I don't feel as confident as when I raise my voice and I'm speaking like this. Like, it's not just for y'all. It keeps my enthusiasm high. It keeps my level of energy high. So now, like, I believe myself in everything that I say. So my mind is searching for more believability. So I'm going to give you all of the great information and all of the knowledge. You already know Forever Living. We tapped in. So like those 1% tweaks are like important because you start to live on that frequency of believability. And when you believe yourself, you do things that are based in your truth, right? So anyway, um, what's the next one? Oh, friends versus associates. Damn, why did I have to put that one there? I didn't really feel like going that deep right now. Um, you know, I talked about this in the, in the famous viral videos. Uh, friends versus associates. You know, friend, a friendship. Right? You know, you have to look at it like that. For one, what is a friendship? You know what I mean? It is something that is based, it's a relationship that's based off reciprocation. Right? So we have to put it there. It's a relationship that's based off reciprocation. You know, and it's balanced. So it's like your friendship is on a seesaw. On one end, you're doing your part. On the other end, they doing their part. You give, they give. It's reciprocation. Right? An associate can be proximity. Proximity relationships are different. They're not based off reciprocation. If I work with you, I have you in proximity. You don't have to do anything for me. I have to do nothing for you. We are just in proximity of each other, and that creates a string of relationship. But if you die tomorrow, it really doesn't have any strain on my life because you add no value, so that seesaw doesn't move. Now, I want people to think so dry and grim on this, but there's a difference between your friends and your associates, people you associate with. But this is dangerous, right? Because you shouldn't associate with people who are not real friends. But we have to know this because the expectation level is different between a friend and an associate, right? Let's say if you have a client, your client is giving you 
$10 a day for some service that you're doing, right? So you have an expectation that today you're getting another $10. So cool. I get yesterday gave me the $10. So today I'm going to get the $10. Today come, they don't have the $10. So you're like, whoa, 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 what happened? Our relationship was based off, you know, this repetition. I give you the service, you give me the $10. This was our relationship. It was great. Oh, the day comes, they don't give it to you. They don't have no explanation or nothing. You render the service. Now you're trying to figure out like, damn, I put energy. How come I didn't get that energy reciprocated? The next day, they don't give it to you. Now you got to communicate like, yo, what, what, what's going on? I didn't, I didn't get payment or, or something or like whatever it was. And in our relationships, we never communicate at that point where we're no longer getting that reciprocation. Right? So... It changes the dynamics of the friendship because there's no longer a balanced energy within that relationship. You know what I mean? Like we you you in a friendship, you expect the same qualifications as family, right? But the thing is that in a friendship, like you gotta have loyalty. You know what I mean? You gotta have reciprocation. You have to show up for each other. You have to have you you have a list of expectations that a person is have to meet so that they meet those qualifications. And here's my thing. And, and you all may think this is a little extreme. The day a person stops meeting those qualifications, they're no longer your friend. Not the week, not the month, the day. We have to be strong in our relationships. You know what I mean? The day we stop meeting those things. Because that day you can communicate to see where you all are at. Like, damn, I threw a, uh, let's say I, I, you threw a business celebration because you had a grand opening. Your friend doesn't show up. Don't tell you why. That's the day they're not being a friend. So, boom. Okay. We're no longer friends. What's going on? Maybe we can bridge this back, but I got to communicate with you to see what happened because the reciprocation is not there because the expectations weren't met because I would have done that for you. The seesaw is imbalanced. So, reciprocation is the foundation of friendship. You know what I mean? So, it's very important because that keeps that action there and it tells you for balance. So, you know, an associate doesn't really have any expectations. I don't expect people that I associate with to do a single damn thing for me. You know I mean, if I went bankrupt today, I don't expect an associate to help me. If I got into a relationship or got depressed or suicidal, I don't expect an associate to help me. If I have a successful business and I want to celebrate, I don't expect an associate to, uh, or I guess associate might be there trying to celebrate for you, but I expect my friends to be there. You know what I mean? It's different levels of expectations, and you have to be able to create those lists of qualifications for yourself so that the expectations are always met. And it's going to be on the podcast. So I'm recording this double time, so it's going to be on the podcast. If you don't have any real friends, then that's good because you know where you stand. The problem is a lot of people don't have real friends, but they don't know it. So you are already there. You're starting at zero. So if a person ever meets those expectations and qualifications of what it means to have a real friend, then now you can correctly place somebody in the category. And now you can be happy with the vibes that y'all got. You know what I mean? Like friendships supposed to have just the same amount of expectations as, as, as relationships. Because like, you know, partner relationships, sexual relationships that you have with people and like marriages, all these relationships are different. And then you have to know different levels of like relationships, but I'm not going to get into that. Like, you know, I got business friends. Yeah, I mean, you have to know that our friendship is predicated upon us doing business together. It might not be personal friends. Yeah, I mean, so like this categorizing keeps things together instead of putting one blanket word over something and then hoping that everybody fits the same expectation of energy. Like, damn, my other friend do this. You didn't know. We're business friends. So the most of the time we talking about things is business or we doing some things. We have business. Like we might be making money, but my personal friend, I might not be making no money with. We have more of an emotional connection. It may be something like that, but it's an important thing to be able to, to make the differences. So you don't spend unnecessary energy trying to figure out what's wrong with the relationships that you have in life. So I think we'll go over maybe like, uh, I don't know what this one means. I think I need to change this. When you say realities versus family, what did I mean by that? Uh, oh, uh, that one was relatives versus family. But I just went over the friends and the associates. I'll just hit that one real quick. And this is my definition. Everybody has their own way of thinking. I don't. That's not. That's not what I'm here to, you know, describe. I actually want people to create their own system of versus words. 
You know what I mean? Like, this is how you philosophize your life so that you correctly categorize things so that you create the meaning established upon things. So it allows you to update your mindset and have a, a much more clear, cohesive way of moving and dealing with people. So um, relatives versus family. Family, are, like I say, are people that you bond with. Or relatives are people that you bond with by blood. You know what I mean? Or by marriage. You know what I mean? I mean, like... Uh, uh, my brothers and my sisters that are blood to me, those are my family. Cool. We got that. Um, yeah, I mean, those are my relatives. You know what I mean? Because, or people in marriage, you got stepbrothers, stepsisters, cousins, uncles, all of those different things that come with those titles. Those are relatives. Family or people that you bonded with by love. You know what I mean? By a reciprocal relationship. You know what I mean? That y'all building together, that y'all established. Family are there for you. They hit, there's way more points, right? So let's say that I have a brother that I'm estranged with or I have a sister that I'm estranged with that I don't really keep up with. They're not really, we're not really that cool with me. Y'all are not being family to each other. Y'all just being relatives to each other. You know what I mean? Like, and a lot of people have these expectations upon family to do things when you're supposed to create a zero expectation upon family, right? So, and, and, and the reason I, I disassociated, you know, friends and associates from relatives and family, even though family can become friends, but we're talking about people who are bonded with by blood. So it comes with a greater level of expectation and loyalty to that person. So the separation of it is that, damn, that's my uncle, but I don't expect shit from my uncle because he not real family. We never been there for each other. We don't do anything for each other. I don't expect him to be there in certain situations of crises. I don't expect him to be there when we building certain things up. If your relatives start building with each other and have that sort of loyalty, then y'all become a family unit, right? Otherwise, y'all a relative unit, all right? You go to a family reunion, you know what I mean? There's a bunch of people you don't know that you call in family. So how can they fit that same definition of other people that do all of these things for you that you do all these things for? That doesn't make sense to me. So I wanted to classify them differently because here... I got a brother that I connect with, build with. You know what I mean? We have been through everything together. We working together on businesses. We 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 building all kind of stuff. But I'm classifying this person as family the same way I'm classifying this person as family. No, this is a relative. And it's not a bad thing at all. It's cool with me because as soon as I know where we stand, either we can build on that. We can build on that. Like, all right, cool. We like, we relatives, but like, we got to build this relationship. So we actually moving like a family now. You know what I mean? Like, I love you. We bros, we sis, he's uncle, this cousin. You feel me? We relatives. So like, it's supposed to, we supposed to build this structure out, but we're not moving as a family unit. You know what I mean? And so you have to know the difference between relatives and associates and create your versus words so that you have different expectations upon different people based off the relationships that you are reciprocate. Um, conscious versus enlightenment. I like this one. Mm. This is good. This is good stuff right here. Um, conscious versus enlightened. So we have a whole conscious community. A lot of people are conscious. The world is becoming woke, but not everybody works. Right. So built into that, you can look at conscious is woke. Enlightenment is work. Right. Because in order for a person to be enlightened, they have to have energy within. Right. So they have to be have electrical energy within the mind that produces an activity and a function based off the knowledge that they're aware of. So if a person is aware and this is, of course, the easiest analogy that I tell them to do is that like a person can be aware that meditating will help them balance their mindset. Right. So they're conscious of that. But an enlightened person actually go and meditate so that they can change and have that production of change. So they start observing their thoughts. A person can be aware that eating incorrect foods, you know, has an effect on your lifespan. The other person just changes the, they, they go throw away the foods and change the way that they eat so that they produce a different lifestyle. One person is aware, other person is enlightened. It's a difference. And a lot of people, we become so content with awareness that we don't actually go through the production of enlightenment. Right. I don't care about how aware you are of something. I want to know about your enlightenment. You know, what I mean, where are you producing that change? You know what I'm talking about? So 
when we get to correctly know, like, yeah, I'm conscious of the problems, but black people are not enlightened on the problem. We haven't produced the financial change. We haven't produced the moral change. We haven't produced the systematic changes that we need, right? Because the same tricks are still working on us, but an enlightened people will not be able to be cast down by those same tricks. You know what I mean? So it's like, once you become aware of something, it's more stage one. It's stage one. It's like a protest, right? A protest is making you aware of the problem. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm, I'm hoorah, I'm out there, I'm aware of the problem, I want to bring more attention to the problem, right? So you create this protest in your mind, but stage two is producing a solution. So cool, we know that we need prison reform. Yeah, I mean, let's do a protest outside. Cool, we did that. Now, let's go engage in political action. Now, let's get money to become lobbyists and try to change some laws. Cool. Now, we produce a... It, Martin Luther King, he was an enlightened individual. Now, he wasn't enlightened on everything, but he was a strategic, militant person, and people don't want to give him that, right? But he was very militant. And when he became even more enlightened, they killed him, right? So, here's the, here's the thing. He knew that certain laws needed to be changed. He was aware of it. Then he went out there and hit the streets. He had he was a strategic man. I went to the uh, the documentary that uh, Nick Cannon had out in Chicago, and the documentary was beautiful because it showed me points about MLK that I did not know at first, as far as how strategic he actually was and how he implemented different things to get stuff done. He had a team of people. They had an agenda. They had a goal set that they wanted to get done. So, hold up. so they had a goal set that they wanted to get done. So they go out there with the intent behind saying that, look, we want this law change. We want this. We want this to be the media coverage. And then we want to be able to use leverage this power. So when we go talk to the president, then we can get this changed. So, boom, he wasn't just aware of a problem. He knew that he had to come through with a solution. So his solution was putting his body on the line. His solution was bringing the people in. But that solution didn't stop with just putting body on the line. They were strategic and they knew they had to shift the paradigm of utilizing media and utilizing political clout. Right. So he was a person that always talks about saving up power. He said, if you use power too often, you know what I mean, then you, you, it's not going to make you powerful. So he looked at it as. I will wait to use my power and to leverage it at the right time. And if it didn't get the right result, then he'd go back to the drawing board. They were like scientists. So that's why I don't like the legacy of the nonviolent um, Martin Luther King, because I really would like people to look at him as a strategist. You know what I mean? And so as a strategist, he was one of the most successful leaders in the black community. And I'm just regarding the success by the attainment of the goals that he wanted to complete. Not saying that it was the best goes to complete because, you know, integration was one of the worst things to happen to us. So when he became enlightened on, I think, integration, he came out, uh, when he became aware on the process of integration, then he had the speech about the burning house. You know I mean? He not only became aware, he did something. He said, I got to go speak to these people about this. And I believe he was going to produce a, uh, an enlightening change. So it's like, in your life, we are enlightened and we are aware about so many things, but it's dangerous because in a paradigm of consistent awareness, the people are also desensitized as well, right? Because we're so aware of the problem that we don't really care and really trip anymore. Here we hear about the government wanting to create pedosexuals and the people are not up in uproar that they're trying to create this new sexual orientation. Back in the day, there would have been bombings. There would have been shootings. There would have been mass chaos and erupt in society. But we have a constant state of impressioning the people. And because the children are so aware of so many different things now, and we are so aware of so many different things now, we're desensitized to the new society. We're desensitized to the things that's happening. And so even in our lives, when we see ourselves doing things, you know what I mean, or see other people doing things, we're not really tripping because now we're so aware of so many more things in the world. At first, we were only aware of our lives, our friends, family, and strangers' lives that came that we was able to observe. Now, here we are aware, we are aware of so many different mindsets, mentalities, uh, problems, situations, technologies, that if a robot walked down the street, a huge transformer robot, people probably would only trip for like a week or so. You know what I'm talking about? Like, people wouldn't even, like, I, like, I wonder how long people would trip if aliens came to visit us because we so goddamn aware and been impressioned by so many different things, we're desensitized by it. We see a white guy punch a young black girl, you know what I mean, on the uh, social media, and we ain't even really tripping. Like, that's the paradigm we living in. Like, 6'3 white boys think that shit's so sweet that they can just go over there and then hit little girls and then shit don't get murdered behind that. You know what I mean? So this desensitization ain't cool because some 
enlightened black militants supposed to be and just anybody but for real though because anybody in that city supposed to be looking at that and you know be on murder mode like shit supposed to happen behind that but we are allowing the government we allowing entertainment entities we allow all of these different things to desensitize and use our consciousness against us so when it's time for men to implement different programs we're not tripping bush desensitized us for trump we had that dumbass nigga bush up there fucking shit up the whole time yeah you know i mean they're bombing countries off lies and creating a propaganda of fear so guess what it was easy for people to accept obama and then obama oppressing people for donald trump yeah you know i mean so it was a system but the fact that we have such a stupid ass president and like we really not even tripping like this is reality and we not tripping right like we are in this place to where they're using our level of wokeness and awareness against us we know monsanto been around for hell along the decades we know that they pumping shit into the goddamn uh the 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 vaccines yeah i mean we know that they have an agenda in the media we know that the goddamn hollywood and our entertainment is ran by jews and things like that like we we have like so many different things we're aware of but we're not producing a lightning change we're not saying like, whoa, let me totally separate from this way of doing things. Let me update myself and go towards all of the solutions. Like, if that's the goal that I want to see, let's get to, let's get with all of the solutions. And whoever purporting those solutions, I'm putting everything behind them so we have a change. You know what I mean? Like, this don't even scare us into making a change anymore. So it's like, it's frightening that we are so conscious, but we very literally enlightened. You know what I mean? And so, like, even in our daily lives, like, when you look at and you observe yourself about things that you need to change, you need to enlighten yourself and produce that change. But enlightenment requires energy. Light is energy. In light and mint. So we're talking about light within. And all of us, just on a biological level, we all produce light. We are, in the most literal sense, we're light beings, Right? So when you want to produce change within self, you have to change environment, change the way you eat, change the way you think, change who you hang around. Like all of these things is what an enlightened individual does. How do you know whether, you know, you have to imagine yourself. What does my enlightened state of thinking look like? Right. What is my enlightened state of thinking? I actually got a podcast on that. If y'all go, go look at it, my one of my first ones. And it's saying like how to recognize an enlightened human being. You know what I mean? Like, is there a difference in their posture? Is it a difference in their way of reacting to things? Is it a difference between how they convert information into knowledge? You know what I mean? Is it a difference between that person is not usually unhappy or stressed? Like, is it a difference between that person is usually positive? Is it a difference between that person is an executor? Like, what does my enlightened self or what does an enlightened human being look like? So it's like, we know what our conscious selves look like because we're conscious of so much but what does our enlightened selves look like that we actually produce change based off the knowledge that we have and the things that we know are right what does it look like if my life started to change in that projection and i actually started to do the things that's correct yeah you know i mean these are the big differences these are the questions we have to ask ourselves because the right question comes with the polarity of the right answer so the question is a quest right it leads you somewhere so oftentimes we just asking ourselves the wrong questions in life yeah you know i mean and it doesn't get us there like if we wanted to solve the problem of the black economic paradigm how can we do that within the next six months not next six years 16 years 60 years how could we do that in the next six months that's the question we have to ask ourselves that's the question but see that that changes how we think about things it forces us to be more innovative. It forces us to start doing things in a criteria of a time frame, right? So it's not saying that, damn, I'm, I didn't just come here to, um, um, or I'm not just saying that the system needs to be changed. I'm asking the right questions now, right? Because an intelligent person, like, even when you're interviewing somebody, if anybody of you all doing an interview, you can attest to this. The right interviewer brings out the right stuff in an interviewee. If you, if you see a terrible interview, it's because of the interviewer. Right. So in life, we are always interviewing ourselves. Yeah, you know I mean, and we're interviewing ourselves to get the right answers because the, each one of us are different. So I'm not going to ask uh, Obama the same questions I'm going to ask Trump. Yeah, you know I mean, I'm not going to ask Jay-Z the same questions I'm going to ask Kanye. Yeah, you know I mean, I'm not going to ask Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan the same questions I would ask Marcus Garvey. I'm going to ask those different people based off their different knowledges about who they are. 
You know what I mean? And, and what that does a lot of times, like it produces an answer a lot of times that they didn't even know that they had within themselves. Right. So when we ask ourselves the right question, we get to produce results that we didn't even know within ourselves. What does changing your morning routine look like for your life? What does changing your your spending habits look like for your life? What is taking applicable information and applying it every second look like for your life? What is like finding different biohacking rhythms for your life look like? What does not being emotionally involved with entertainment, deleting shade room and baller alert and every other media thing that is a liability? What does it look like if you started to get rid of distractions within your life? What does it look like if you stop drinking and smoking? What does that version of yourself look like? What does it look like if you stop going buying shoes and clothes because it's feeding your ego and has nothing to do with the attachment of your character success? What does these things look like? So when we ask ourselves the question, then we get to we get to start to explore the answer, that quest. Remember, question starts with a quest. Right? So when we go on that quest, that answer is bringing us there. You know what I mean? Like you have to ask yourself if if aliens came to visit here now and they brought some like crazy technology, Guess what that comes with? It comes with new questions that was never asked before. But because this never happened before, we don't know the right questions to even ask. Right? Right? We don't even know the right questions to even ask. So you get to ask ourselves, I wonder, like, what changes in reality are going to ask me to, to get me to ask myself the right questions? Right? Because questions are so monumentally important. Don't seek answers. Seek questions. Right? Seek that quest. Right? And watch how it changed the way you do things. So, what things can we do within 2019 that changes the world forever? That creates a shift, right? So, I'm not a part of some weird Illuminati agenda. So, if I do something that creates a shift, it changes the algorithm and the entire agenda and plan set. If I produce such a powerful qualifying change that it disrupts the plan from the last 100,000 years. Yeah, you know I mean, but I gotta ask myself the right question. What can I do to produce that that change? Like, what is that one thing that I can pivot just a little bit to where we might have crashed, but I changed reality that much? You know what I mean? And and I think that all of you all go look and go to go home and ask yourself at least ask yourself 19 questions, right? And then as you ask yourself the craziest questions, whatever they may be, the most powerful questions, I want you to spend time becoming obsessed with what that answer is. This year, what are the things that's going to get you financially free? This year, who are the people you're supposed to collaborate with that you're not working on? This year, how will you have a mental advantage? How will how will you have a mental advantage over yourself that you didn't have last year? This year, how will you produce 10 times more results that you haven't done? This year, what is why am I looking for the next great thing instead of utilizing the tools that's in existence today? This year, how will I become more enlightened than being aware? This year, how will I sustain, create, and manage better relationships? This year, how will I become a better man or woman? This year, how will I create value for everybody in the world? Man. This year. Like, but 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 condense it. So before the end of the month, how can you set yourself on a path of correction and success so that everything else reverberates? How can you do something this month so by the time February comes, you good because you set yourself on the right rhythm? It all starts today. Today. You ain't got to wait tomorrow. Tomorrow don't exist. Tomorrow is an excuse for those who don't know how to properly use today. Only today exists. Tomorrow is... It's something that everybody today says about something that they're not going to do right now. So those are the keys for the day, man. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all for tapping in. Yeah, you know I mean, create your versus words. Create your versus self. This is your current self. This is the self that you want to become. Have the verses, right? This is what I currently do. This is what I want to do. This is my current level of money. This is my, my next level of money. This is my current relationship that failed, doesn't work. This is my next one I want to work. Then parallel that, what do I need to do to get to from my current self to my future self? How do you do that? You create those versus words. Boom, we tapped in. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. That's an hour. Um, it's going to be on the podcast. So support, look, support the podcast, please. Um... Also, Munity as well, 
Keys Academy, we got some great things that's rolling in. Y'all stay tuned because we worked on some major things while in Houston to, to really create some some assets for our community to change the financial you know, literacy within our community and things of that nature. We're working on some really big things, so everybody stay tuned. Um, yeah, and the enrollment for Keys Academy is going to change. We're going to be doing enrollment for Keys Academy on Unity as Wealth now. Um, and you're actually going to have access. It's going to give you access to the curriculums, different packages, all sorts of things. Like we bring in a lot of extreme value, different accounts. Like it's going to be a lot that's popping. The podcast is on all platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever it is. Just type in 19KEYS. Um, link in the bio for the website. If you want to click the link in the bio and support anything I got going on, you want to get you one of these mugs. Uh, I just told you the podcast is everywhere. You want to get you one of these books? Yeah, I mean, this is where I write my questions down, my genius book. You know what I'm talking about? Go get you one of these. Uh, I got a new hoodie out. I got the crown hoodie with the 19 keys. I got a new crown. I ain't even put this I ain't put this crown up yet. That's that yellow. Boy, that's that, that's that yellow, but y'all ain't ready for that. But look, I got 20 seconds. Make sure you become a key and lock someone else. It's a geometrical pattern. One times 10, 100, 1,000, 100,000, a million, man. Let's keep going until we get to that, to that billions and we reach everybody. It's the shift. It all starts with you. Ask yourself the right questions. Who are you and what part of you that needs to change? And update yourself immediately. Peace. That's amazing. Thank you all for tuning in. Tapped into the podcast. Make sure you support the podcast. If you got anything great from any of this content, please become a supporter in the podcast. Um, the bio, the information is in the bio. You can use Cash App at 19KEYZ. Support the podcast or Venmo Jabril Keys. Or you can just directly support it. If you're on the Anchor app, they have a tab where you can support it directly through the Anchor app. Um, link in the bio for anything else. I appreciate y'all for tuning and tapping in. Please, please, please use these keys. Peace. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.